0: Hello and welcome to Activitch, the activist witch podcast where we take a look at the intersectionality of activism and witchcraft. Most of these episodes are going to be recorded on the fly which as I hope most people know is also the best way to engage in your activism. Sometimes you've really got to lean into those spur the moment feelings in order to be authentic. Now they are There's nothing wrong with organizing. There is nothing wrong with making sure that you've got a clear goal in mind. But at the same time, if you wait too long for everything to be perfect, you will never do it. And that is the spirit of this podcast. This is, in fact, not my first podcast. I do have another one, but that's not the point. I wanted to create this one with an intense focus on activism, on raising awareness, and how we can build that into our craft. For those of you who are new to the practice, please be aware that witchcraft was ultimately a tool of the oppressed. So when you come from a privileged background, as I do, you need to be aware that you are utilizing something that was primarily used to gain whatever means of safety, security, even upper hand, could be gained by those who had far less It's important to keep that in mind because the roots of your practice will influence how your practice is going to shake out. There is something that is well known in most of the community, at least I like to think it is. It's that you do not use the tools of the oppressed against them. And you'll sometimes see people do that. And when people choose to do that, when people try to engage in practices where they are trying to leverage the tools of the oppressed against the oppressed as the oppressor we laugh and laugh and laugh because we know how that's gonna go so you may hear some background noise that's because I'm recording this outside this is not going to be a professional mode of communication I don't have the time and energy for that I am doing too many other things and trying to organize too many other things to worry about this being perfect. And besides, ideally this is going to be for uh, privileged individuals and how to hone their practice in order to be effective. I'm not the word allies. We're gonna come up with a different word because let me tell you something, do not label yourself an ally. That is not something you get to label yourself. That is something that others get to decide for you if you are or are not an ally. If you're the only one that ever calls yourself an ally, I got a sad story for you. So we're going to come up with a different term besides ally, but this is going to be for people who come from privilege, people who have connections, people who have tools and resources they can leverage to lift up and give more space to the black community, the POC community, the indigenous community. Now, there will be a lot of focus on the black community because they are, well, they are in desperate need right now, but we are also not gonna forget the indigenous community. We're not gonna forget other communities. A big focus of this is going to be uplifting black women. If that makes you uncomfortable, uh, I actually hope you stick around because I'm gonna keep making you uncomfortable. Face that discomfort. Sit with it. Why would that make you uncomfortable? Why would it make you uncomfortable at the thought of specifically intentionally using your privilege to uplift black women to yielding the platform to black women? If hearing that makes you uncomfortable, I need you to sit with that and ask yourself why because right there is something that will be unpacked and unpacking is going to be a big part of this. So I hope nobody ducks out. I hope you guys stick around. If you choose not to, just be aware that it doesn't get much more gentle than this. I am going to be hand-holding in the series of episodes moving forward. If you are ever granted access to black spaces where you can just sit quietly and listen and learn, It is not gentle, and they do not owe you that gentleness, and they do not owe you concessions for your own personal comfort. They have a right to voice their pain, their grief, and their outrage. If you can't handle me calmly having this discussion with you, you are not ready for those spaces, and until you're ready for those spaces, you are still, well, I mean, even when you're ready for those spaces, you're carrying around so much that needs to be unpacked, but let me tell you, it is a process. And also remember, you will never arrive. That's part of it. The work never stops. Maybe you're caught up right now and you are super amped up and energized. You know, you've got these protests going. Maybe you've been tear gassed for the first time and suddenly realize your privilege doesn't protect you. Hold that energy. You need to keep pushing through because if you're gonna quit after it gets boring, if you're gonna quit after a month, then, You are not doing it right. We need to be here for the long haul. Now, that applies to myself. I've just started this podcast. This is something I decided to start doing as tensions have continued to rise as we've reached a boiling point. But I have spoken about activism in my other podcast. That is, I mean, again, because the craft is such a huge part of activism so I've spoken about it but I decided it was important to really focus in and I gave it a lot of thought because I've got to stay in my lane that is my job failure to stay in my lane to presume that I speak for the black community would be a huge disservice it would put me so squarely in the wrong so I had to give it a lot of thought I wanted to do it correctly but then After I had it sussed out in my mind what the correct path forward would be for me, for me to leverage my talent, well, (laughs) look, for me to leverage the fact that I know how to make a podcast, I still, there were moments of hesitation and I'm doing it now in part to just make sure I'm not too rusty because my goal is to ultimately build up platforms and build up podcasts and hand them over to the black community to give them a way to get their voice Amplified. That's my whole goal. So doing this. This is practice. This won't last forever. This will last until I Feel like I can get this space filled up with more meaningful voices than my own all right, so I've given a long sort of intro Into what this is and like I said, we are going to be talking about how to leverage our craft We're going to talk about how to use it wisely and we are going to do some very ugly Unpacking into The reality of what we have and why we have it now. This is going to be um, a very like us-centric Discussion because that is where I reside actually reside in the state of Arkansas where I mean, we still have the KKK, like, alive and well in Arkansas. We still have Confederate monuments. This is a place that is still just deeply, deeply steeped in systematic racism. And there are a lot of excellent, excellent people putting in excellent work. There are incredible Black community leaders who are, who are, putting in the work and it's our job to continue to support them. I wanna make sure that I speak to them, to their time and their talent and get them elevated, get people directing whatever they can to those initiatives. However, I encourage you to look up what is going on locally, figure out who the black community leaders are in your area, figure out how you can help them. Don't get your feelings hurt if they're not keen on accepting your help right away because there's a couple of things to remember right now one a lot of white people are suddenly very hungry for those woke brownie points a lot of white people suddenly want to prove how much they're not a racist and they're gonna do that by for the first time in a lot of cases being supportive of the black community or at least not being actively awful towards the black community that's not enough guys that's that's being real late to the party because the black community has been suffering since since we kidnapped them, enslaved them, and brought them to this country. They have been suffering. They have every right to not instantly trust the outstretched hand of a white person. You, that's just how it is. And you do not have grounds to be upset about that. You don't understand their reality. You don't understand their pain and how many times they have been burned. So just be aware that your initial attempts may not go over. You may be turned down. Don't suddenly start trying to send friend requests to every black person that comes across your recommendations because that's exhausting for them. They've got to wonder what you're about and you need to ask yourself why you're just now sending those friend requests, you know, That's something that you owe it to them to unpack quietly. Unpack it quietly and to yourself. Do not involve them in the process of unpacking your racism. They're exhausted. So figure out who those community leaders are and use actions. Figure out what their PayPal is. Figure out where you can send some money and support and then maybe come around to talking to them. And I know that everything I'm saying is going to be such, such a turnoff for some people. And I'm telling you, that's that's just how it is. It's a turnoff to you because you haven't sat and just done this deep dive into why they may feel that way because you have privilege, you haven't had to give consideration to why somebody wouldn't instantly want to be your friend. So if I haven't made too many people instantly turn off this podcast, I'm going to go ahead and push forward and say that we don't gatekeep here when it comes to our craft. There are a few hard lines that I I will push, but... Generally, um, I don't allow for gatekeeping. I do keep hard lines on being a culture vulture. If your craft is, is built around an aesthetic, if it is built around how Instagrammable it is, then you need to do some serious reevaluation. This, this is not a space where you're going to be comfortable. If your craft involves being a culture vulture because something looks exotic to you, it is time to do some unpacking. And if your craft is geared entirely towards achieving your own gains, then that's something you're going to have to do some soul searching for. And I would be interested in knowing what brought you to this particular uh, realm of podcastery. Maybe you're looking to do more. There's nothing wrong with doing things for your own gain in terms of the craft. As long as you are not taking from somebody else. Especially if you are not harming people who are already vulnerable in order to get that gain. I mean, go after the corporations. Go after the people with obscene wealth. Do that all day. I'm here for that 100%. But if you are capitalizing on the pain of vulnerable people in any way for your gains, if you are doing this sort of witchcraft tourism where you get to dip in and play around with things that other people were beaten or slaughtered for practicing but you can practice it safely and you feel entitled to it because nobody has ever told you no then it's time to unpack some of that and it's time to recognize that. And that's the hardest thing. So many people want to say that they don't have privilege, because they don't have everything they want. It's that idea of how can I have privilege if I'm sad sometimes. Look, the point is that you're not sad sometimes because of the color of your skin. And we're going to work through that. All right, we're going to talk about it. And if you hang in, then we will get to a place where you can learn that this isn't about just not being racist like that's not good enough and also we're, we're all racist like racial bias is a thing we're not going to just settle for not being racist it's time to be anti-racist and that takes action one of the many chances silence is violence white silence is white violence and that is true that's 100 percent true the only reason that things have gone on as long as they have is because We, as a population of white people, have benefited so much from black oppression that we've never felt the strong need to fight against it. If we truly cared about how deep the pain runs, if we truly cared, we wouldn't be silent. So it is time to stop being silent. It's time to get loud. And part of witchcraft is getting loud. That's our whole thing, all right? It's not about showing off, but it is about trying to change reality. And if the only reason you try to change reality is so you can dunk on other people, then you are wasting your craft. So we're gonna look at ways that we can utilize our craft, everything from offensive to defensive, there's no such thing as white magic and black magic in, in this little podcast episode or future episodes, uh, active itches don't worry about whether it is white magic or black magic. We worry about the intent. We worry about the outcome. That's what we're working towards. Everything can be relative when you get, when you either zoom in close enough or you zoom out far enough you realize that so many things are relative, and the same goes for whether something's white magic or black magic, and we'll be unpacking that as well. So as far as this first episode, the whole intention is just to let you know what you're in for. Obviously, this is not a comprehensive syllabus of any type. You can bet that everything I have brought up here, we are going to be going into much more detail I have every intention of citing sources and providing some hard facts and where those facts came from because we don't do general percentages we don't do fluffy statistics and i'm trying to say it as nicely as i can we deal in facts does that sound crazy that you know one half of this is about witchcraft and i'm talking about facts well, I hope you can wrap your head around it because practicing the craft doesn't suddenly give you a license to be in complete and total denial of the situation that minorities have to endure in in our country, in the world overall. Being involved in the craft and dealing with some of the more esoteric things doesn't suddenly give you a license to refute hard-won data. That's not what this is. And I will be happy to go into that in more detail in later episodes. So be ready to do some of your own research. Like I'm going to provide resources. I will let you know what the resources are. Where did I come up with these resources? Well, I didn't come up with them. These are resources that I was made aware of by people in the black community. These are resources that the overall members of the black community, or if I am having a discussion about POC or the queer community or the indigenous community, I will draw from the resources they recommend. No one group is a monolith. So there will be outliers. There will be people who deal with internalized racism or internalized misogyny. There will be people who are actively harmful to their own kind. All right, we're gonna be aware of that. We are not suddenly going to discount the educated, informed experiences of the majority of a minority community simply because somebody else who is a member of that community has internalized racism or internalized misogyny and is spitting out a lot of false information just to make us feel cozy. Like, we're not going to do that. This isn't about you being comfortable. It's not about me being comfortable. I hope everybody is ready for this. I don't even know if I am, but I'm going to do my solid best. Um, As far as an introductory episode, this isn't too very long, and I guess that's probably for the best. Oh, and I guess I'll go ahead and say, there's not going to be a particular order to these. There's not going to be a right way to start incorporating it. There's no step one, step two, step three here. Everybody comes into the craft in their own way and everybody comes to activism in their own way. Maybe they come to activism because, <laughs> well, because they are like immediately impacted because they are black, because they are a member of the queer community, because any number of things, well, yeah, that's, they're, they're self-advocating. That's not even activism. That is literally self-advocating. This is going to be more geared towards all of us who are immensely privileged. It's going to be focused on how a lot of us become aware and come, come to a place of activism. So if I'm talking about something that doesn't really touch on your experiences, if I start talking about some things that have to be unpacked that you're like, well, I did that a long time ago, hey, great. I promise you I'll, I will probably talk about something you are struggling with. So be patient, let's give space to those who are not in the same place we are because this is not linear. The process of unlearning your racial biases, the process of moving out of heteronormative ideologies, the process of just allowing humans to be humans and giving everybody equal space and equal rights it's a process. We don't all start in the same place. So it's not going to be linear. It's going to be whether you came to it from this space versus this space. And hopefully hearing this will help people have more patience, have more grace. It is not the black people in our communities. It is not their job to have that grace for us. It is our job to have it for each other and by the way, that does not mean allowing it. It means not coming at somebody in a way that is so aggressive that it is harmful to the black community. Because I have seen it. Oh, I've seen it at the protest I've been to. I've, I mean, you can see it on just about any live stream. White people will show up to these marches and they will pull all manner of bullshit, all manner of violence. They will do all manner of craziness and it is the black community who suffers for it you may feel like a big deal getting up there and shouting fuck the police with your loud white voice but you know who's most likely to get tear gassed or get arrested the black person you run and hide behind i literally have seen white people run and hide behind black people and that is so ass backwards and we will talk about that we're going to talk about protest etiquette we're going to talk about rally etiquette we're going to talk about How to behave in Black spaces. And that information is not going to come from me in the strictest sense. I will speak to my experiences. But I'm going to tell you what the Black community has already communicated. I'm going to give you websites. I'm going to give you a reading list. Lord, the books have been flying off the shelves. And that's great. That's great. It's about time. It's about time we started reading content that is outside of the views of well let's be honest like rich white men it is about time we actually heard about the black experience from black people heard about a black woman's experience from black women it is about time the people who actually experience the systematic racism in our country are the ones we listen to by default the, the presumption that a white person can be an expert on the black experience is is so absurd, but it's not even a funny kind of absurd. It is just another kind of sinister violence against the community because for every white voice we hand the microphone over to, it is a black voice that we have silenced in the process. Whew. See, I will keep going on various topics over and over again uh, making this less of an introductory what to expect episode so I'm gonna pull myself back in here and just say I will talk about some straight-up witchy shit we're gonna talk about sigils we're gonna talk about sour jars we're gonna talk about all manner of fun and exciting things working with herbs we're gonna talk about self-care I'm like listen white people you're you're about to get your feelings hurt a lot so we'll talk about how to do some self-care. Uh, I'm going to try to only speak to the things that I have personal experience with. Uh, talking about doing some journey work, doing some trance work. We're going to talk about if you if you do divination, I'm going to speak to a couple of different methods of divination. Um, and we're just going to talk about ways to build build out our activism from our craft. To use our craft to to support and make our activism more effective. We're gonna talk about Kitchen witching. we're gonna talk about um, just all manner of things. So if there are any topics you specifically would like to hear about, if there are any questions you would specifically like to ask, I am happy to field those. That is one of the capacities in which I have worked very hard to make myself available is to sort of play interference, play middleman between random white people like coming into black inboxes, you know, blowing them up with questions, blowing them up with stuff that you gotta remember, it might be your first time wondering about something. It might be your first time asking the question. It is not the first time they've heard it. It is not the 187th time they've heard it. All right, our black people, you know, in our communities have been dealing with this for a lifetime. You do not have a question to them that is new. And part of what I'm trying to do here is save them the labor. Because that's the other thing, is we still expect free labor from black people all the time. You think about how much a professor gets paid to lecture. You think about how much an author gets paid when they publish a book. Think about How much your time is worth, and then add in the cost of emotional labor, the cost of talking about something that runs generations deep in terms of grief and pain and an oppression that isn't even in the past because it still happens. And you are asking them to rehash that for free? No. We will, as activists, talk about paying for labor and especially you pay black people for their labor. You find something cool on the internet where a black person has sat down and taken the time to write out like a really detailed bit of information or an analogy that makes something click for you, find out what their PayPal is, find out what their Cash App is, find out what their Venmo is, find a way to drop them some money as gratitude because you better remember that there is a shit ton of labor in that family line that was never paid that we just said oh sorry and if you're thinking hey this this is sounding like reparations you bet your ass it is because black people have lost generational wealth over and over and over again and continue to be expected to do the work for free we don't just take the wealth from them we don't even give them a penny in the first place and that's gonna be something that gets corrected we correct ourselves on that so i will be here to explain all that to answer questions no i'm answering as a white person but i am answering from people who have already done the time and done the labor they do not need to rehash it again and again i will also direct you to resources but please when somebody performs a service for you, pay them. You are not entitled to their work. And I remember, so I remember the first time I saw a black woman demand payment for their labor and I was taken aback. And it it was, I would say three years ago now, but I, I mean, I was literally taken aback. Now once I thought about it I was like hell yes pay her for her labor like it did not take long to figure out why that made complete sense but the only reason it didn't take long is because I had already been putting in years of work and this is not a brag it's sad it has taken me years and years and years and years to sort my own shit out So I'd put in the years of work that I could be like, oh, yeah, no, that totally makes sense. So if you have not already been in a situation where you've seen that or where you have seen somebody call out specifically and say, hey, white people, drop me some money for this. Look, I will explain to you why it's a good thing and why you owe it to them. And you're going to have to fight against the feeling of, but that's not fair, but it's not my fault, but I didn't and I wouldn't and so on and so forth. Yeah, okay, that's all great. But you did, but you have, but we have. And we'll get there, all right? We will work together and we'll get there. And I'm gonna do it nicely so that you can hopefully not Put yourself in a situation or more importantly, put a black person, an indigenous person, a person of color, a gay person, so that you do not put them in a situation where they have to be further exhausted, rehash trauma to correct you. And keep in mind, they are in these situations where they're having to correct people, not knowing how that's going to go. Yeah, we don't have to worry about somebody coming at us on Twitter. I have been called so many different names. Oh, I've been called so many different names. Not very imaginative ones, which doesn't surprise me given the, uh, the, the quality of character of individuals who want to come at me. And I'm not genuinely very worried. What does get scary is when they start doxing you. And let me tell you, black women, they get doxed all the time. It is absolutely horrifying. They have to live in very real fear for speaking up, for speaking out, and not speaking up and speaking out and demanding more, for literally just demanding the same, for demanding the same as what we have. And they have people try to hunt them down and commit violence against them. So, When I say that it costs them emotional labor to have to have people come into their inbox or make asinine, broad, public posts on Facebook or shitty Instagram posts or ignorant, hateful TikTok videos. When I say that it costs them labor and emotional labor, I'm not just talking about opening up old wounds. I'm talking about when they try to self-advocate, when they speak out, when they call out hate, when they say... This is a thing you're doing that actively is harmful to me and to my people. They risk that person deciding to hunt their asses down. And I would love to hear from any of you how often that's happened to you. I'm willing to bet it's not that often. So think about that and set with that. So why don't we spare them that? Why don't we start fixing ourselves now? by sparing them that kind of pain. And let's start unpacking and learning shit for ourselves. The information's out there, the articles are written, (laughs) the books are written, the videos exist. We can educate ourselves without harming them over and over again. Oh man, and see, even as I say that, I wanna start going into the fact that we should not be consuming images of black pain and, and the murder of black people in order to care that the black person was murdered. That's a whole nother, whole nother thing. And we will talk about that, but not for the first episode. I've probably I have probably, I've probably talked far too much, but I really hope that I'm at least laying the foundation, that I'm helping anybody who wanders across this, that I'm helping you have an idea of what to expect that you have an idea of what you're in for. And remember, it's okay to be uncomfortable. It's not gonna kill you. This information, listening to this podcast, it's not gonna kill you, get uncomfortable, and you can just sit with it for a bit and work your way through it. Because being aware and then going that extra step of actually having these meaningful conversations amongst you and yours That's the kind of thing that has to happen for change to happen. Cause right now we're talking about the difference between you being uncomfortable and unpacking your racism and black people being killed by the police. Black people sleeping in their bed, getting shot, getting murdered. Brianna Taylor is dead. And as of recording this, her killers are still free. They had the audacity to throw out a police report that was virtually blank, full of lies. Her partner was arrested for defending himself. And I, sh- I didn't hear, sure didn't hear the NRA. Didn't hear them saying anything. Suspiciously quiet. That's what they face. That's what they're having to deal with. So I promise you we can sit and be uncomfortable for a bit. And we're gonna learn how to be told when we do it wrong. And we're gonna, cause I don't do it right. I get called out and corrected. And do I like it? No, I don't like it. I don't like it because it means I fucked up. I also don't like it because I'm human. It dings my ego for the first 10 seconds. When somebody has to call me out and tell me that I just did a shitty thing that does not make me a good person or a good ally. Oh, I hate that word. We'll come up with a better one. And you know what? It'll hurt my ego. It'll hurt my feelings. And I'll set with it. And I will work through it like a goddamn adult. And that's what we need to be doing, all of us. Working through it like an adult because our little feelings getting hurt do not compare to generations of oppression. And on that note, I'm gonna give you time to sort of Set and think about the choices you're about to make if you continue to listen to this, or hopefully really think about the choices you're about to make if you decide to duck out, because you need to remember shit's changing. It's so far past due. It is so, so very far past due, but it's changing. And people are watching. People are paying attention. We're gonna remember who tried to duck out of the conversation, who against change who fought against progress we're gonna remember <laughs> the Internet's forever friends you can delete but I guarantee you, somebody got the screenshots if you decided you were gonna be funny and post some casual racism to have a couple of laughs at a snowflake and someday your kids are gonna know what side of history you're on your grandkids will want to know and there will be people ready to tell them so you shouldn't just be wanting to do this so you're not shamed by your grandkids you should be wanting to do it because it's the right thing to do but at this point i'll take shame if it takes shaming people to to force them to do what's right that's all right we'll do we'll do shame so on that note really and truly i'm going to wrap it up thanks for listening hope you come back for the next episode and In the meantime, get out there, use your craft, be an activist, make changes.